Hey, RMD listeners, this week's product of the week is DC Collector Wave 1 Batman Who Laughs 7-inch action figure. Born from the nightmares of the dark multiverse, the Batman Who Laughs is a hybrid version of the Batman and the Joker from Earth-22. This Batman Who Laughs figure is an incredibly detailed 7-inch scale figure with about 22 points of articulation, full range of posing and play. Check the podcast description of this episode for the details. This town needs an enemy. Step outside. What do you do to this? Superman. Why are you here? You are here. The lasso of Hastia compels me to reveal the truth. I'm Batman. Meow. with my hands. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Hello and welcome to Wayne Talk, Rain Man Digital's exclusive Batman fan show. You can find us on demand on your favorite podcast providers. Um, please add us to your favorites. Subscribe, rate, review. Tell us, tell us things. We love to learn and improve. And uh, bookmark the main page, RainmanDigitalMedia.com. I am your host, and with me, as almost always, is uh, Mr. Michael Flores. Hello, hello. I don't think I said my name. We haven't done one of these in a minute. So I'm Paul. Moving on. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm pretty, uh, I guess, frazzled immediately because I didn't know my name. It seems like you're on every show in the network but your own show. Nice. This is the, is this the first or second one of these we've done like this year? I think the second one, which I'm a little, I'm a little ashamed of myself. I, we should have made it a. Yeah, we me. I should have made sure we recorded these. No promises, but we're really going to try to crank out some content for the rest of the year. So we'll see what happens, guys. Um, We are back to metal. We are trying to uh, trying to finish the story. We're uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. I think we'll probably do one more after this, but uh, no promises. Uh, So so far, uh, like a very quick recap. uh, Batman found out that like the world is doomed and it's his fault and a demon is going to possess him and just destroy everything. Uh, he was caught and taken to the dark multiverse. Superman and Wonder Woman were also caught. Um, everyone kind of escaped and is roughly alive. Um, Wonder Woman and like every other cool DC character right now are all split off into teams trying to gather nth metal because it's the best way to well probably the only way to defeat these dark multiverse monster men um superman tried to save bruce despite bruce telling him not to because you know backward backwards codes come on superman it was obvious um and now they are both stuck in the dark multiverse and uh i think this is you know very roughly where we're picking up yeah sounds Uh, about right so first things first, we're going to do Batman Lost. Um, this is a very much like a, I believe, a core part of this series, but it takes place between Metal issue three and four. It's technically considered a tie in right to the whole Metal storyline. I want to say, yeah. I mean, it says right on the fucking cover. It's Dark Knight's Metal tie in. But the uh, the revised the book that I gave you to read all yeah. of this, that was the hardcover. The second like run of that, the the trade, like the soft cover one has this included in it as like part of the core story, which makes more sense because yeah. I can't imagine 
saying, yep, I'm going to read metal. And you just read this book. You do not get the entire gravitas of what's happening. And that's where, you know, Batman lost for me was a, was a solid win for me because it, it finally, we've been waiting to get to what happened to Batman. Yeah, this is a Batman happening? story, but what's, where, where is he at? Where is his mind trapped? Is he truly dead? You know, and he's been like absolutely gone for at least two main issues plus yeah. the like dozen tie-in issues that we covered in the past couple shows. Yeah. Um, hilarious side note, Hawkman found is not part of the revised right trade but we'll get into that so we're gonna cover what three issues yeah we're gonna we're doing batman lost uh metal number four and then hawkman found okay um so jumping right into batman lost it was written by scott snyder james tiny the fourth and joshua williamson uh with art by doug Mankey, uh yannick peckett and jorge jimenez um this like, was, that's a great team right there. Yeah, this was a ridiculous this this is one of my favorite books in this series. Is it? Um uh, just cause the this the story, the things that happened, the art, it's it's all over the place. It's a very personal story. Yeah. Very uh, personal story for Bruce. So just, you know, immediately, uh this is what Bruce has been experiencing the entire time that he has been trapped in the dark multiverse. Like almost like what, trapped in like a dream state almost? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He uh he envisions himself super old with his granddaughter, Janet, for what reference that is. Okay, uh, I didn't miss anything then. No, okay, no, I, I wasn't uh, sure if there was something I should know. You know. Kids all over the place, but when you get into grandkids, um, I think there's there are a lot of untapped opportunities there. Yeah, so they took some liberties there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she wants Grandpa to tell her a story. Um, so he... he 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 offers her a couple things and she's like, no, I want a real story. And he's like, okay, well then a Batman one. So like, this is, this is an old Bruce who like is no longer Batman, but like everybody knows he sends her over to the wall and it's literally, it's covered in, um, it's like shelf to shelf, wall to wall, these Batman stories. And like, you know, ones, you know, the long Halloween, mm-hmm. um, the classics, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just all over the place. The court of owls. There's, uh, the, you even see the ones she ends up grabbing is the case of the chemical syndicate, mm-hmm. which is like literally his, the, the first Batman adventure from detective comics, 27. Okay. Um, right next to that book is no justice, which is actually a like DC event that happened after metal so that's fucking cool that is cool um uh but she she grabs she grabs the book and she has uh she has papa papa bruce grandpapa bruce start telling the story and you know starts out that kind of story that you either are or are not familiar with about um you know from detective 27 and we quickly start transitioning we see like Janet is kind of trying to control the narrative. Bruce is like, no, this isn't how it happened. This isn't what's, and he's trying to tell like the story as he actually remembers it. And you kind of get the idea that Janet is already yeah, like, not, like almost immediately. Yeah. That she's not good. That there's up. something going on with her that she's trying to control the story yeah. because essentially what is he like the dreams are his prison essentially. Yeah. Right. This, and he's trying to this entire state is. Yeah. Um, and so. Now in, in the dreams, yeah, we we go yeah. through what three different storylines? Is that what is that what we see? Yeah, I mean, from the main story that she is trying to get him to tell, 
which I guess is like his his origin mm-hmm. more or less. Um, there's like two different ancestral ones plus the like the cave one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a handful. There's a handful of other stories that like pop up and occur within. And essentially what? They're being retold in ways that didn't happen originally, correct? The In order the, to the, control him, yeah, like the, the stories initial, are not The initial story is being told in ways that it didn't really happen. And as he's trying to like explore and figure out how it really happened, he's bumping into these other stories. Okay. Yeah. Um and so like one of the first ones that we see is uh that he looks out a window and sees this this battlefield and um it's you know the like the dawn of mankind and it's the bird tribe and the bat tribe um and they are you know literally at war and the leader of the bat tribe is vandal savage of you know hawkman and hawk girl uh fame Mm-hmm. And the leaders of the bird tribe are Hawkman and Hog Girl. And so Bruce is like overseeing all of this. And this is from the Bat Tribe he inspired when he went back in time in uh, Grant Morrison's uh, Batman The Return of Bruce Wayne. Right. Where I believe Bruce was shot by Darkseid's super lasers. Mm-hmm. And instead of being obliterated and dying, he was like sent back in time and had to like quantum leap his way through a series of events and time periods to get back. And that's home. essentially how Barbados saw him, right? Yeah, that that going back and arriving at those those prehistoric or caveman times and like inspiring those people and creating that bat tribe is how he caught Barbados's attention. And when Barbados decided, like, I'm have that boy. Yeah, uh, dude, and that's that's one of the best parts for me, and it, not just with Batman Lost, but uh, the entire with, with metal. With metal, the fact that, and I believe we talked about this, and we're going to talk about it again, just because the fact that it's so good. How rather than retconning or redefining canon, changing things, which is we both know that's very common mm-hmm. when it comes to comic books. Well, we're going to flashpoint this and this doesn't matter anymore. These things happen. It's comic books. But this is a smart way of essentially rebooting a world, a franchise, a continuity without really changing anything. Just saying, hey, a long time ago, all of this was set in motion. Yeah. Everything still happens the way, you know, but there's these little changes, these little differences. It's the fan service that never happens mm-hmm. referencing in a, in a world or a, a, a line of entertainment or whatever um, in, in comics where things are constantly being rebooted or restarted or relaunched or whatever you, everyone, I mean, they they say it they say it beautifully like right at the beginning of this book um everybody has their favorite batman story this one's mine and that wall of batman yeah. books that janet pulls a story from are all they're they're literally they're stories written by bruce they mm-hmm. are his recollection of all the things and he straight up says while some of them may contradict each other i i promise you they all happen <laughs> like that's awesome so good yeah yeah this is how you do it because you can tell Obviously, I guess. I mean, sometimes you get writers who are just, you know, they're commissioned, they're hired to do a job. But then you have people like Snyder and Tinian uh, that it's Tinian, right? Yeah. Uh, Snyder and Tinian that you you feel that they're true Batman fans and they're fans of DC because they're so careful. 
you could almost see them walking on eggshells as they're working through this story. Just, hey, proper amount of fan service. You remember these stories of Bruce, all the the, the best of, the, the greatest hits? Well, we're going to use those to now express a new idea of Bruce Wayne being trapped in his mind. He's a prisoner within his own mind. We're going to use his own stories as a way to keep him trapped. And as he works his way through, we're going to see him rediscover himself and face his fears. It's so fucking metaphorical, dude. And they're just using, for for the most part, 90% of it is things that's already been established. Yeah. It's so good. It just shows you how... How well they understand Batman. Yeah, just the, the and the story they want to tell. The the depth of knowledge, whether you know, and and not even just to say that it's entirely those two guys. I'm sure they had a hell of an editorial team writing this. But you like, have to with a story know, like this. It it shows great job. Yeah. Well, Snyder is the overlord of this, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure most of this credit the accolades do go to him he's never gonna say it because most people are like no 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 it goes to the other people too and i'm sure they all get credit but i mean he's essentially the showrunner mm-hmm. of this series yeah you're only as good as your lead writer right mm-hmm. it's i mean if you put someone like like in jeff lemire and do you think jeff lemire could have pulled all of this off let's be honest i mean the not if he's not if he's writing characters that he doesn't own I hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, That's just a little preview for yeah, you'll a later hear it discussion. more later in this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Bruce is bobbing around through through ancestors, through memories, trying to tell the story to Janet while she keeps telling him he's telling it wrong. Uh, we get a beautiful glimpse of one of Bruce's ancestors as a member of the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. Um, sacrificing just some girl on the grounds that will eventually become Gotham City as a way to bind like Bruce to the city and to Barbados like it's 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 fucked and I love it yeah Um, real good there is who's the guy that he kept calling himself was it Alan Wayne there was yeah ancestors so there okay, was so is there an alan wayne yeah alan wayne i wasn't uh, sure uh, i think the obviously his dad is thomas wayne mm-hmm. but the he also there is a thomas wayne is the um ancestor doing like the sacrifice right. he's supposed to kill the girl and then alan wayne is sometime after that where like gotham is established and we see wonder woman for a minute um yeah there are there's a whole line of Wayne's and like, they don't all get a whole lot of attention, but I think they are yeah. referenced throughout various stories such as the return of Bruce Wayne and where, you know, he's kind of jumping from ancestor to ancestor, moving his way back to himself. Um, so just all of that is fucking cool to see. Um, eventually we get to the point where it's, it's him and Harley on a, on a spaceship out in space. And I have a question about okay, that. Yeah. Because that looks interesting to me. Because I'm a sci-fi nerd. Mm-hmm. I was like, when did this happen? So did this ever happen? What did they call it, the Justice she, Wars? She calls it the Justice Wars. Um, I am relatively certain that that was supposed to be part of No Justice because that is four teams of DC characters, like one led by Batman, one led by Wonder Woman, one led by I think Cyborg and a fourth one and uh the four of them kind of go off on like separate but connected missions to accomplish things that uh have to be accomplished 
after metal ends. So, yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit more, hopefully after the next show when we ideally finish this series. So that is a thing then. But yeah, no justice um, and, you know, her Harley and Batman in space and like stuff. Does that that whole uh, storyline take place in in space? um, Not all of it, but like a lot of it. Jeez, I need, I, I need I, to I, get I, I in on that. I don't want to tell you the just the the one thing that they're doing is investigating the thing that happens at the very end of metal. Oh, okay. So, okay. God damn you, Paul. <laughs> now I'm going to have to read it's, that. It's only like four issues though, that okay. that little story, so um I have those I'll throw those at you when we finish <laughs> this. Um so Bruce, real quick, just because it it will come up uh, in the next show, Bruce recalls that birds always try to help him. That's mm-hmm. why he surrounds himself with them. Um, that's that's a nice little thing that we immediately see in the the next issue. So I like that. Um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it turns out that uh, the whole thing was a nightmare, and Janet was uh, Barbados, and she mind fucks the hell out of him. Um, by letting him know that like he and the court of owls have manipulated him basically his whole life. Maybe he's not a great detective. Um, maybe I, I he love, was I, just pushed, pushed to be what he needed to be both mentally and physically for Barbados to take over. Imagine taking that away from Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Literally. I mean, and as we learn in metal four, the guy suffers with self-esteem. Like, and the fact that you take away the only thing that he probably has pride in that he's he, listen, I suck at life. I suck at a lot of things, but this is what I'm good at. And the fact that he it's so personal. Yeah. The fact that he tries to undermine his confidence by saying, hey, if, this is me. The, the This is all me, not you, Batman. The bat at the window, the father, I shall become the bat mm-hmm. at the window. Uh, Barbados says that was him. He was the bat. He yeah. inspired this young 25-year-old Bruce to become Batman. Um, just all of that. Uh, Bruce Bruce realizes he really has no idea how long he's been trapped. Uh, spoiler, immediately in the next issue, we find out it's been 30 fucking years of this is what he has, like, mentally gone through. Okay. I wasn't uh, sure if that was, like, just in his mind or if he really... It, it was in his mind. Physically. I mean, he, he looks old, obviously, but, like, it was in his mind because, you know, time moves different. Well, whatever. We'll say it was physically, too, because time moves differently in the that's, dark multiverse. That's kind of what I got out of it, yeah. Okay, so... Um, and we, did we, we get... talked about that, you know, right before airing, so I don't know if you're going to dive okay. into that or... It, it, oh, yeah. The pre- stories of the dark multiverse and how yeah. long they are and stuff. Did we get our first real look at Barbados 2? Like in his real form in this issue, like it was that white kind of pale face with, with like the the hood and yeah. The bat. Was, was that our first I, real look at him? I want to say that we saw him like crouching over or like standing in the background the first time we saw all of the Dark Knights at the end of like issue two. Okay. But yeah, we really haven't seen a bunch of him. So he isn't. I assumed he was going to be like beast, like a looking like a beast but he looks like a dude he looks like a regular guy right he's like a uh, does he transform i think he does transform because he was initially like you know had a a dragon-esque form okay also we'll learn about shortly yeah okay Um, because i kind of like that they made him look more human mm -hmm. human features just because it becomes more personal i think rather than having listen i love monsters and i love the 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 uh, 
it's it's easier the to... knights from the the, the batmans from yes, the other yes. dark multiverses i love that i mean it works but having a villain who is just a beast and that's it sometimes it, i think it takes away from potential substance but when you have someone who could look like you essentially someone you know that you can relate to just in terms of oh wow you look like a person just like me you're just you're a man just like me essentially i feel like it makes it that much more dangerous sometimes yeah, part of part that, of the human condition is uh, like self-loathing to a degree mm-hmm. and having an enemy that, you know, resembles you. Right. Is easier to hate than just like this monster. Yeah. Um, so I like this issue, dude. Yeah, dude. The, you know, quick, quick little wrap up. Um, you know, Bruce literally gets exposed to galaxies of his own nightmares. Barbados drills into him that, um, you know, the, the dark multiverse is populated by worlds created from people's like fears and horrors and and whatnot. And Barbados says that Bruce, above all others, has created more of them. Um, there are galaxies of worlds of Bruce's nightmares in the dark multiverse. That says so much about Bruce Wayne, dude. <laughs> I know. And he's he's exposed to them. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's a, it's a like mental trip kind of a thing. But Bruce literally sees Barbados and he sees all these worlds and he sees all these different dark nights, many of which we haven't seen at all before. And everything looks gnarly and terrifying. And uh, he flips out. Yeah, dude. Bruce, Bruce is literally terrified into submission and gives up. And dude, he, rem- he like he screams like no more, please no more, and wakes up and the whole story starts over again. Janet wants him to tell her a story and like 30 years of this. Yeah, it's like it's literally like his own version of, of, of hell that he created. Yeah, that's essentially where he's at. You know how there's a lot of stories where hell, a lot of comic books do this and books as well now that hell is essentially a place that you create. You go there and you're in hell because of your own regrets and you're there because you deserve that. And that's essentially what you saw here. It's it's a hell of Bruce Wayne's own making, mm. which I thought was fantastic. The next thing is that it reminded me of I don't know if you've ever seen a clockwork orange. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It, that moment where he's being forced to see all the nightmares, you know, he and. Bruce Wayne flips mm-hmm. out. It reminds me of that scene in Clockwork Orange where they force our protagonist to watch violent acts after violent acts in order to cure him. The whole idea was, hey, you're a violent individual. We're going to make you watch some of the worst, most grotesque violence to see what happens to someone who's violent. Does it cure you or does it make you more violent? Mm-hmm. It felt like there might have been some draws of inspiration from that because his reaction to violence was a lot or his nightmares was very similar to how our character in uh, or how the main character in Clockwork Orange reacted as well. It was cool. There's a lot of smart stuff going on. On a similar note, if you do that exact thing to a chimp, you create 28 days later. True. That's what that's what they did. <laughs> and then we get a dick scene. Wait, that's full, that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full frontal bush. Dude, that still cut catches me off guard, dude. I was like, what the hell is happening? Especially because I like that actor. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to see your penis, bro. I mean, 
he, he covers it up pretty quick. He gets himself a couple old Pepsis. I like that movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that must be emblazed into your mind's eye. In fact, they, hey, grab a couple Pepsis, cover it right up. Yeah. All right, so we're on to the next issue. Yeah, so moving on, moving on to Metal Number Four, which of course was written by Scott Snyder with art by the wonderful Greg Capullo. Um, yeah, so I mean, realistically, this is finally us moving forward with the Metal story. The because, main one, right? Um, as important as I think Batman Lost was, it was you know technically classified as a tie-in. I believe the last show we did was like the Gotham Resistance, the Bats Out of Hell, and maybe Metal Number Three. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we've talked a lot without moving forward the core Metal story. Um, so here we go. We're doing that now. Uh, metal Number Four. Um, I just will throw it right to you. Uh, it opens immediately with uh, you know Dream the Sandman. Uh, providing a pretty fucking ominous and doomed uh, like intro to the book. Yeah. Um, and actually that, that carries at least it, the, it ends with that as well. So how, uh, how do you feel about uh, us having Mr. Sandman up in this book? Do you think it was done? Well, do you hate it? Was, what, oh, did he no. look too strong? No. Did Capullo draw him too strong? <laughs> he was. <laughs> yes. I'll say that, but he was it's, so not, handsome. it's not a negative though. Um, the, the the okay first off i didn't know sandman made an appearance well we like we, this we saw okay I, like I, beyond the initial like hey here's a book i'll see you later right i didn't think he was going to play a big role for whatever reason i just didn't expect it so the moment i saw the font and then i realized who's talking i'm like oh shit <laughs> what a way to open up the issue dude and then it got me really excited and it makes sense because it makes it, so much sense. it does like how do you do a story about nightmares and dreams and and essentially you have this going down the rabbit hole vibe it's it's trippy it's psychedelic how do you not include one of the the the, the main people pertaining to dreams the main person and introduce his world into this yes his world's already here but the way they brought him to the story and also at the same time were smart at, I guess for a lack of better words, kryptonited him because he can be OP at times. So like, hey, for whatever reason, I can't fight side by side with you guys, mm-hmm. but I can give you some help. Yeah, I can tell you what's at stake. I can show you what's at stake. And the fact that they used him to fully explain what's going on is genius. Because if we had any other character or they start talking it out, which is my biggest problem with so many comic books. And yes, it's a natural part of a comic book. There is a lot of exposition. How else do you explain things? But this is a smart way of taking a break from the norm of how you write a comic book. Have this guy do what he does yeah figure out how to tie exposition to a character so that it becomes storytelling instead of exposition yes it's it's perfect dude and being a sandman nutcase i felt like they did right by the character and it was such a great way to just kind of bring him into the to the bigger story of batman and superman it's something that i i'm not always a fan of my characters my the darker side of dc to be brought into the fold like i'm not a Mm -hmm. it's fun to see constantine for example mingle with them but i also want them to be separate just because i I, Mm -hmm. 
for whatever reason. When I eat Mexican food, I want just Mexican food. I don't want Mexican food with, you know, Italian food. Right. They're they're both great, but I don't need them at the same time. Not all the time. Maybe on a fat night, I'll have a little bit of beans and a little bit of pasta and just mix them together. Sprinkle some of that that Mexican rice on top of the pizza. Right. Will I taste it? No, but I like it. Exactly. And metal number four was that night, was a fat night. I was like, I'm loving it. (laughs) Bring it together. It worked, man. Really, really well. So, uh, you know, for the first time, we get Bruce and Superman both caught in the dark multiverse, uh, you know, together. Um, given that opportunity, uh, Bruce, like, literally, like, like the most frantic I think I've ever seen him portrayed in a comic. He's just like, dream, 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 dream. Okay. All right. So I thought the same thing, too. There's a lot of vulnerability with Bruce Wayne. And that's typically something you don't see with mm-hmm. Batman. He's always iron he's always strong he's he doesn't really show his weaknesses all the time correct me if i'm wrong um so the fact that they're willing he can to flex sh- his organs to avoid being uh having them penetrated while he's being stabbed by a sword like he he does not allow himself to appear weak yes so as a batman fan do you feel like do you feel like it takes away something from him or do you think it adds to the, yeah. do you think it adds so much more to this story because yeah. they portrayed him this way? So I think, yeah, I think there's two, two ways to look at it. There's when the character does something out of character, um, if they do it consistently or for a whole story or a whole issue or something, then, you know, generally it gets chalked up to bad writing mm-hmm. when they do it in a circumstance that like, makes and like it's dumb because realistically it's all just nitpicking right yeah um but in this situation i think it made sense he was very old he was trying to save himself and somebody else from a situation where like he certainly would have been murdered by three nightmare supermen yeah and realistically i think he just remembered like literally he just remembers like oh yeah dream was like hey i owe you a favor i need to cash that in right now to not die and so he's just like this is this is him this is him saving himself saving yeah. clark and yeah no I, I liked it i think it i think it was very good and fitting for the situation also i don't know if i mentioned but he is uh he is aged 30 years so he's like a solid 65 70 year old yeah. little batman right now so he's not doing a lot of shit on his own anyway i liked it and maybe this is why i'm liking metal so much because i like characters that are vulnerable i like seeing weakness and to have an issue like this and again if i'm reading a a regular batman title it's something that i don't want to see with him because it would be out of character but this story does call for that and it adds so much more like for example towards the end of the issue when um when they have to what maintain op maintain optimism or and hope i believe is what it was hope and hope and something else we'll go with optimism and and Bruce is like, I can't go with you. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I, I don't not, have that. Uh-uh. I don't. <laughs> I love that he said, I don't have that. Like, dude, that's fucking amazing. You know, and he's all like, I can't do that. But then the, the thing that gave him his strength was something that is very much on character. Mm-hmm. His family. Yeah. The, that's uh, what gave him the strength. He he recalls his sons. He recalls the birds that he keeps close to him to remind him who the fuck he is. Um, it, Honestly, it's probably... And this is not me, you know, blowing it, but I honestly think this might be, and again, I haven't read as much as you, Batman stories. I think this might be some of the best Batman I've ever read, personally. 
because it's all Batman 100% on par, but also there's something a little different. There's that underlying problem that you see every once in a while and his issues of insecurity, a form of low self-esteem, the fact that he's not doesn't feel maybe entirely good enough. Um, and the fact that they play with that, they and that's why I love Batman Lost, the previous issue, which sets this one up perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, challenging how he views himself. And yeah, that's you, what you know, the exact mindset that he is waking up to in four. Right. In this issue. I mean, that's someone like Batman. The worst thing you can do is stare at yourself in the mirror. Many times these p- types of people don't even want to look at themselves in the mirror because they may be afraid of what looks back. And the fact that you have him looking at his reflection in Batman lost and he doesn't even see his reflection. He sees the nightmare reflections, essentially Barbados. And then they go with that as a platform, use it as the platform for metal four to where you get this, this Bruce Wayne that's, that's void of the bravado just broken. And it's going to be fucking fun to see him build that confidence back up. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure we're going to see it before the end of metal. So, I mean, people, fans, just people in general, they kind of know, they, they know Batman, you know, you know, the attitude that mm-hmm. Batman has, you know, his mentality. And so you want to see that portrayed in, in a good Batman story. And a lot of times, like how that is done is what dictates, you know, good or bad writing. Um, I think metal gives you that. I mean, you absolutely see it at the beginning when he has all his all his oh, little yeah. birds dress up as him yep. and they're all over the place. Um, so, you know, you've got that, but you've also got this like character growth or at least progression like you were just talking about yep. with him really hitting like some of the lowest lows you've ever seen for the character and, you know, having to having to work through it or just deal with it. Like, this is where I am right now, but like, I still don't want to die right now. So like, this is how with this mentality, I'm going to handle this situation. Yeah, it's 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 different. And it I think it kind of takes a story like this to tell that to put him in that position. It's like that's that's part of why this shit's so good. My question is, now this is about a two-year-old story roughly, right? 2018? Um, Going on three years, maybe? Yeah, I want to say maybe 2017. I, I, I will look up the date if it's relevant to your point. Okay. So you brought up how it all started. You Batman know? Lost came out January 2018. So the issue that we are talking about right now probably came out like February uh, two years ago. Okay. So you had, it was at my fingertips. I'm sorry. No, no problem. <laughs> um, okay. So you had mentioned that we had seen all versions of Batman, the, the bravado, then with the, the version of him that we're seeing now, the more broken and broken and you know, afraid of himself and what he's capable of. Now, in order to have a true character arc, which we do see in this story so far, but my question is the whole thing that kicked off metal was, Batman doing the same old Batman. I have this under control. I'm going to keep this from you, this from you, and I'm going to put it all on me because I've got to take care of this. And we went into into detail Mm -hmm. on that whole entire topic. Now we see a Batman who's kind of learning and realizes I brought this upon myself. A lot of this happened. I opened up that doorway. I'm the catalyst. Moving forward past metal, do we get a Batman that actually learned from this? Um, 
I like I I don't want to dive too much into like the Batman Who Laughs like miniseries or anything like that. But I will say that you know if if nothing else, toward the end of Metal to overcome a certain foe, a certain obstacle, we do see like alliances that you okay. would not a- anticipate. Because uh, I feel like this is such a great story for Batman. And for other writers to just kind of ignore such a massive growth in terms of character, I feel like it would it just kind of like smacking Snyder in the face. Anyone who continues the stories that don't go back to this, I'm like, hey, this is a character defining moment. Mm-hmm. We can't ignore this. And I'm hoping that any writers that tackle Batman moving post metal, they keep this in mind that this was a huge growth aspect for his for his character here let's not backtrack let's use that so again no spoilers for people who are trying who are may, maybe behind but i'm hoping they do kind of keep this important to in, his character in in key parts you know it's not it's not like a big uh i mean there's not callbacks continually yeah, but i mean yeah, in terms of character arcs and, and growth they they do hearken back to this hmm. i'm hoping right yeah because well, don't you do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah you I mean, don't, be, don't do don't do something character defining that doesn't then define the character moving forward. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, now that I brought this show to a screeching halt, Paul. No, no, we're good. Um, I mean, we we got a screeching halt as far as transitions go. Um, you get to see other characters. We yeah. get to see characters that uh, we haven't seen. At least in a couple, uh, <laughs> we haven't seen in a period of time that we've been talking, but I guess we did see them. We get direct follow up on everything that happened from three yeah. where uh, everyone, shit, what was the bar called? The uh, like the oblivion, bar, the oblivion, oblivion bar. bar. Yeah. Um, the proprietor uh, was murdered by the Batman who laughs and his little crows uh, last issue. Yeah. Um, and everybody else kind of escaped and broke off into teams looking for that nth medal. Um, so we, we just kind of get follow up on that. Uh, we've got Wonder Woman, Kendra and Dr. Fate find the rock of eternity, kill some guardians. And, uh, <laughs> Kendra goes to, you know, like I straight, I have to, I have to look at my notes to see what exactly she did because it was so, it wasn't complicated, but there were so many words to describe it. Kendra tries to throw the astral brain into the center of the multiverse, which is located at the Etern- Rock of Eternity, um, to because that action will destroy the dark multiverse because the astral brain is the embodied brain of the anti-monitor. So it is made strictly of antimatter and having that hit the center of the multiverse will effectively just destroy the dark multiverse um so that is her goal as as set out by the council of immortals that we saw i think way back in like the casting or the forge um i don't know about it like i was not a bad aspect to the story by any means but i just find myself really just disinterested it's 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 a it's a lot because of like i said every like every other word in that statement kendra tries to throw the astral brain at (laughs) that sounds so stupid (laughs) me saying out loud 
Kendra tries to throw the astral brain into the center of the multiverse, parenthesis, the rock of eternity, parenthesis, to destroy the dark multiverse. Like every other word in that sentence requires an explanation. So, yeah, it's it's rough. Um, I don't really see. I think. And that's really hard for me to say a weak point because they're really I, that's fucking being stupidly critical for no reason. But Kendra is connected to this storyline. Yes, but I feel like <laughs> yes, I feel like we're losing the, her importance or at least my attention. OK. For example, I just don't care. Mm hmm. Like, I love what Wonder Woman's doing. I love what Dr. Fate's doing. And then Kendra comes in, throws a wrench, and then she transforms into something that we didn't see coming, right? This was not set up, right? So, like, you know, just traditionally, Kendra is Hawkgirl. Right. Um, so they they introduce her, you know, in this series as, like, the leader of the Blackhawks. And, like, cool, but a lot of these, like, organizations, just general-ass organizations, yeah. the, you know, the Crows with, like, you know, Batwoman and her father, well, Batwoman's father running that whole thing, uh, Argus, uh, the, these Blackhawks, just, like, these, these like, military-style you know, tactical or whatever you want to call them organizations. Like, I just don't care about those. Okay. We got this world full of superheroes. Like, don't throw army stuff at me. I don't give a shit. I, I, that, maybe that's what it is. Um, but I think introducing her as like that instead of just hot girl. Um, I, th I think it was a plot tool early on to, you know, have them exploring challenger mountain and like, you know, why all of that was relevant and everything. But uh, finally, uh, she, she throws out a little bit of sass, a little bit of attitude in this issue. I think the like two pages we saw her was relatively, uh, enjoyable as far as dialogue yeah. goes. And then, uh, yeah. And then she transforms into lady Blackhawk, which, uh, looks fucking cool. She looks like a talent. It is cool. all about it. Um, but we don't know what she's supposed to be yet. Right. Well, I mean, other than the fact that... We're assuming she's she, connected to Hawkman some way. Well, she and Vandal Savage and Black Adam are all kind of in cahoots with... They have ties back to Barbados because they knew the plan to stop him wouldn't work. So, as true uh, ne'er-do-wells, they tried to save themselves and form a pact with the devil. Okay, but she didn't. She didn't know she would transform. Into no, that. I don't, yeah, okay. I don't think she was fully aware of anything yeah. that was happening. Okay, because yeah. you know, just just like Carter and the whole uh, reincarnating mm -hmm. individual. Uh, apparently, you never get to know really what's going on in your life. Yeah, it's uh, it's why I find it so hard. Mm -hmm. Side note here, it, it's why I find it so hard to ever become fully invested in Hawkman or Hawk Girl stories. Yeah. It's just always the same i don't remember oh wait i do remember it, it's literally almost every <laughs> issue i've ever read pertaining to them it's always the same fucking thing listen i could have the ones i don't like we yeah, all have no, our yeah i genuinely uh this this series really doesn't do anything to make you like hawkman no and honestly i thought it would because the fact that they, they were using him mm -hmm. at the very beginning to kind of push everything forward i was like okay they're trying to make us care about him and for a minute he was really I good did. in the way that they used uh sandman like as uh a a character 
contributing a plot to device. the exposition. Yeah, because um, he was the diary, right? Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, he was the journal. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, all that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, then when we actually see him, like, it's not it's not as great. Uh, and I just want to make it clear. It doesn't – none of what I just said or what we're saying right now ruins the story. No. Because – there's so much other cool things going on. It's just simply, I don't really care about them. That's all. It doesn't mean they distract or throw a wrench in the story by any means. Personally, you know, the, like I said, the two pages that we see wonder woman, Dr. Fate and uh, Kendra here, uh, Kendra had like fun dialogue. She was kind of like witty and sassy. Amazing art. I, uh, I love like anytime I get to see Dr. Fate, uh, then suddenly Kendra's holding a fucking brain and there's like blood explosions and she's this awesome, like black and silver hawk creature. So like, it's nothing was uninteresting. Really? Uh -uh. You're not going to stop moving forward. No, not at all. Um, I feel like it's worth touching on the, uh, Hal, Green Lantern, Mr. Terrific, and Plastic Egg on yeah. Thanagar Prime. Yeah, I got some questions uh, about that, too. All, all so. shit going on there. So they get there, uh, which is basically, it's the it's the planet of Hawk people, Thanagar Prime. Um, and it it is it's masked by, like, zombie star something or another, causing yeah. it to exist at multiple points in, like, space and time at the same time. And that was the so reason why Green Lantern kind of find it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so Hal was, like, never aware of it. Um, it. They get there, and it's being run by two different enemies of the Thanagarians. Um, I don't know anything about that starfish. Anamar Sin, who is just, like, a general bad dude, and then fucking Starro. And Starro is... Do you know dude, anything about that person? Because I was so like... Starro is just like all about mind control. And as ridiculous and stupid as he looks because he's just a giant starfish, he is this enormous... <laughs> he's a fucking starfish! He, yeah, he he's an asshole. He's he, just the, the way his dialogue is written, the way he speaks, he's just, he's so like... Snarky as bl- fuck, dude. Blunt and shitty yeah. that it's, it's generally you're amusing s- most of the time. What did he call them? Because your uh, dumb brain can't figure this out? Yeah. Is that what he said? Uh, the hell? You're... You're My dumb. ring doesn't work. No, your stupid brain doesn't work. Go on, try to use it, idiot. <laughs> I did. I did laugh. That was funny. I just don't get the character. And am I a shitty DC fan for not knowing this guy? No, he's like he's kind of rarely used and mostly old. He's like a a like old Justice League okay. threat. Um, but uh, and he 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 plays he plays a small little role, and he's just as pleasant in uh, No Justice. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, the two of them are like ruling over the Thanagarian planet because Starro is, you know, super, super controlling with psychic powers. And uh, Aminarsin is just very intimidating. But anyway, um, the Thanagarians have this cannon pointed at Earth to destroy it at any time because they are aware of the dark multiverse and the threat that it poses. Um, so like, that's cool. Why didn't you tell anybody? Fuck you. Fucking Hawk people. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how I felt like, again, didn't distract from the story, but I found myself not really caring. mm -hmm. I was like, let's get back to Superman and, uh, and Batman plastic man, plastic egg. Um, he is, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil stuff. And I honestly, at this point, don't recall if we've covered this yet or not. So we there's only a few issues. Briefly, yeah. yeah, he um he is 
like he he feels he is reverberating the vibrations of the nth metal. Um, so the reason he is an egg is because he's basically in the fetal position due to what he is feeling and experiencing from the vibrations of the nth metal. But because he's stretchy and can shapeshift, the fetal position for him is literally an egg. Um, okay. So that is why he is this. And he is going to be used to power this cannon to do even further mischief than just destroy the world uh, or Earth, rather. So we'll we'll get more of that, but uh, not in this issue. Um, so we learn about, I guess, the the monitor, the anti-monitor being uh, matter and antimatter beings that kind of balance the universes. Okay, so uh, is that what they were saying? They were talking about the monitor and anti-monitor. They're yes. the ones who watched over creation? Is yes. that what it was? Okay. Yes. And then there was, uh, I don't think he had a name. He was just the third being, uh, but we'll call it the Forger who ran the World Forge, where all of these dreams were forged into worlds that, uh, you know, the, uh, the dark multiverse was made up of all the bad ones, and then, like, the good ones got to remain, and they floated up into the Orrery. Yeah. Uh, which is just, like, worlds that exist. And then were destroyed. No, that was the good ones. The bad ones were destroyed um, by the dragon, who is basically just a chill little pet that hung out with uh, with the forger at yeah. the World Forge. Um, that pet, the dragon, was Barbados, and it ate the forger. Because fucking why not, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which kind of caused all of everything to spiral out of control. The World Forge started to grow dark. Um, this is very much Greek mythology, the origins of the universe. Yeah, you have dude. the Titans, Kronos, Chaos. This is literally a page from the origins of the universe from Greek and Roman mythology. That's why when I... Dude, well, I think I said this when we first covered metal. I'm like, dude, this is like a one of the either one of the fantasy epics, like the Tolkien. Yeah, it is, it is fantasy epics. one of the epics. Yes. It like the it's not an epic story. It is one of the epics. It's like the Greek epics, dude. Absolutely. Like it feels like not blowing this, overblowing this, but it feels like one of the, the, the pieces of literature you'd study in school. It has all the bells and whistles, the gods and the the creation of the universe, the cosmos, how it all worked, the parts each and every one of our heroes plays. All of our our heroes who fall and have to face the consequences because the gods are, are wrathful and petty. I mean, that's what this is. And when they start explaining how everything works, the dark multiverse, the multiverse, the forge, the monitor, the anti-monitor, the dragon that kind of maintained control and was supposed to destroy the dark or the bad universes i'm like this this is amazing this is really it's, cool it's all like it is it is a lot of new information to mm -hmm. take in but none of it is like for, for the most part i know we very recently talked about kendra tries to throw the astral brain into the center of the multi <laughs> but but this this stuff these these things because like that was a thing that happened and like realistically it was one page and like you know you move on this stuff this stuff that we're talking about right now with these these godlike creatures and these these myths and origins and it's all explained in like a very easy to understand way so that you can you're introduced to it, you can appreciate it, and then you can move forward having that knowledge and seeing how it impacts the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, so... Dude, things like this is what makes me 
want to see this adapted into a movie, mm-hmm. it would have to be years in the making and have to be multiple. It'd have to be the goal of the cinematic universe. Metal. Just like the goal for Marvel was the Infinity Stones. They would have to do something like this. They would have to start now and take eight years to slowly tell this story because this is epic. Couldn't you see this as the backbone I mean, of a franchise? I would love to, like, absolutely, without a question. But, like, I like I fear for one day reading the headline, like, Dark Knight's Metal to be adapted. Like, fuck you. No. Like well, because, especially because, because we know how indecisive. Yeah, there's there's no there's no is. possible way they would do it right. Like like you said, on top of this like slow build to establish so many different things, this story needs would need to be told. Yeah, you know, we're we're covering like twenty six issues, including the tie ins. Do they all need to be covered? Definitely not, but a good chunk of them do. And like, even if you did eight like, to ten movies. I think it could be done eight to 10 movies of like build up into a movie of metal or metal itself needs to be eight to 10 movies. I think all the tie in stories, everything could be told or could be encompassed within eight movies. Like you don't have to say, you don't have to adapt metal one or metal two into one movie. You can take elements from the tie ins, mm-hmm. put it in with metal and yes, it would change overall, but it would still be the same story. Mm-hmm. So you can adapt without saying, all right, well, issue tie-in number seven is one movie. Tie-in number 10 is another movie because then they would never get it done. Right. It'd be 26 years. But if they were to understand the source material and see where each tie-in may fit with each subsequent issue of Metal then I can see them a executive, a creative producer who is capable can easily adapt. I mean, it's all here. Like, so the way, the way that you referenced like the, the Marvel movies and we had like uh, whatever, just off the top of my head, roughly 20 movies Mm -hmm. to establish the infinity stones and what they did. And then we've got like two movies where somebody like collects them and uses them. And like, this Mm -hmm. is the big shit happening. Um, So like metal would be like those two movies, except much more than two. Metal be the like end, the metal be like would, the last. There four. would be a whole bunch of junk leading up yes. to it, establishing things along the yes. way. Yeah, that's the only way it would work. Yeah, Me- yeah they can't absolutely. start with metal. It would and have that, to be at the end. That is why I just don't ever want them to try because they're not going to fucking do it right. <laughs> Even though I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of all the Marvel movies. I am a fan of how they've handled it in terms of execution of their films and, and sticking with their plan and going with it. Some are good. Some are bad. Some are great. Some are fun. Some aren't, but you keep moving. You move forward. I don't see DC willing to do that. So if they hit one little bump, I'm talking like they accidentally run over a pebble. Like, Oh God, stop everybody. Stop everything we're doing. Oh shit. Nobody likes the design of the red death. Cancel the franchise. That's Yes, that's exactly what DC Warner Brothers would do. If they were to change that mindset, then I w- I would be confident because the movies they've made, for the most part, I've enjoyed them. It, the thing that frustrates me with DC and Warner Brothers is that they just don't follow through mm-hmm. with their plans. So that would be the only thing that would be nerve wracking about tackling something like this. It's just like, all right, well, here it is. And then suddenly it's like, well, we're done. <laughs> 
we're gonna we're gonna skip it. We're gonna pass. Yeah. Um. So I I would love to. I think this would be best done as a a series of probably at least four to five animated movies. Mm, I think you would be willing to see that. I think that's the best way to handle it if they were going to do it. Yeah. Um, They're going to do animated. I think it's only a matter of time before we see an animation version, just because of what they are already doing and what they're willing to do. But again, there is so much story here that so much needs to be established. So much needs to be told and you don't have to do every single little thing, but like you need to do a lot of it. Yeah. And because of the, like the, the lore, the mythology, the backstory, the, the pre reboots and like the, so many different things that this references pays homage to. It's, it's hard to do that without having that. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard to, you know, unless you're going to hark back to some of the some of the movies from the animated universe that just ended because they did another flashpoint you know how are you gonna anyway um (laughs) i i get you i want it to happen but i don't think it's a good idea so uh kind of wrapping things up with this issue um you know, Dream points Batman and Superman like, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to make sure that forge is still lit. And he sends him on that path. Bruce is sad, remembers that he's got his birds, and uh, he's able to get get across that yellow brick road without getting lost in oblivion because he's depressed. Um, so they get there. The world forge has, in fact, gone dark, which, as we just learned, means everything is fucked um even more so yeah than it already was just absolutely fucked they needed it to still be burning and they needed to have access to the uh pure ninth metal that was there so that they could use it to win the day um just when you think you know nothing could be worse than this they find hawkman uh who is this hulking behemoth as he has been transformed into the dragon and forger for barbados yeah um, and he looks cool as hell, and then it ends, and then we get a bad story. Yeah. So, uh, and what's that one called? So, moving on to the last book that we're going to cover in this episode. A bad story. Hawkman Found. It should be Hawkman Lost. That's what it should it be. It should be Hawkman Lost what? Forever. Hawkman just gone. <laughs> uh, it was written by Jeff Lemire with art by Brian Hitch and Kevin Nolan. Art was good. That's the positive. That's the only positive you're going to get. So on this, this issue here, this, uh, this book was, <laughs> it was like somebody, somebody gave a copy of Batman lost to Jeff Lemire and was like, Hey, can you do this? But for Hawkman and Jeff was like, no. And then they had him do it anyway. <laughs> No, do it anyways. Oh so, my god! Like, it, it did follow a similar template. Yeah, I mean, you know, minus it, it started with. It literally it was the same thing, except so much, so much of this book. It was like twenty four pages of like full full page or like two page spreads with like two word boxes that each had a sentence. It it, it kills me, man, and I I don't want to be an asshole, but. You know, it, let's just set the tone here. I don't think we're fans of Jeff Lemire. Okay, so I, I 
am not a fan of Jeff Lemire writing things that he doesn't own. He has a series, well, you know, multiple things. He's got Black Hammer over at Dark Horse that apparently is great. I haven't read any of it. I don't care. I didn't realize he, Lemire. I read Black Hammer. Yeah, that's it's that, his. It's that pulp series. It's um, like a, it, it's pulpy. It's about that a group of like people yeah, group of from like a misfit hero thing. Yeah, I've read, yeah. I have, yep. I've read about that's 10, Jeff. 12 issues. Um, I like that. I love Descender and Ascender. Um, his uh, like sci-fi turned fantasy series with uh, Dustin Yen, Dustin Win on art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Love that series. Um, I love Gideon Falls, a horror series that he does with Andrea Sorrentino. Okay. Um, I'll create her own stuff. If you give him an established character that somebody else owns, I guess bad stuff happens. Okay, because I've just had bad luck then. Because you and David both now have said that Jeff Lemire is capable of doing some great work, and unfortunately. I've only read stuff that I don't care for, and I didn't realize he had written. What'd you just bring up? Black Hammer. Black Hammer, and I do enjoy that. But he also wrote Constantine, the new 52. He took over. The, the first run. The, the like the new 52 first. launched in the first Constantine series. Yes, he's not good. <laughs> it's not, they're great concepts, but overall just not super great. Uh, he also was, I believe, the story chief for. No, no, no. Story chief for volume one of Constantine. Yes, he was in charge of story uh, for the F- new 52 Constantine. He was in charge of volume two of Justice League Dark. That's what it was. And I just it was really hard to find any real substance in those pages of Justice League Dark. So. I've just had bad luck and Hawkman found when you told me he was writing this, I was like, Oh shit. All right. Well, you know what? So far metal has been great. So I didn't go in negative. I actually went in thinking, well, this is going to be is, one of those is that stories. A lie? Because you told me, I want to say it was like three days ago. You're like, I'm about to sit down and read the books. And I was like, Hawkman sucks. Wait, who did you, you, I didn't read it though. You, you told me when you were about to start reading these books oh, oh, a couple yeah, days yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. and no. I was like, Hawkman sucks. Well, I'm trying to be positive here on the show here, Paul. I'm I, was to, just, I was just letting you I'm know. Trying to be, you're li- I don't want you to lie to the listeners because you I, knew going in this was going to be bad. I, okay. Well, I was trying to be positive. I was trying to be a little po- I was trying to balance out my negativity with some positivity so I don't look like an asshole. But, like... I would like to say I even though you said that I would like to um, now backtrack and say, yes, I I knew it was going to suck. Okay, are you happy now, Paul? Yeah. I'm being honest. I'm keeping him honest for you guys. I wanted it to be good, though. That being said, I wanted it to be good. The the final page of issue four, the issue that we read before this one, when you're reading the issues in order. Yeah. You see this hulking. I mean, shit, it's on the it's on the cover of this, you know, the single Hawkman found issue. You've got this hulking hawk monster man running the forge. Like, how are you? How is this story not going to be cool? And like, we do not even see this guy. I guess we see him in the final page of this book, too. I think like, I think the biggest problem, because we haven't quite said why it's not good. Um, I think for me, the reason why it's not good is because there's no story. Yeah, there, there's he, just there is literally no story. It feels like he's trying to follow the template of Batman Lost mm-hmm. and where Batman Lost had tons like, of substance. He got the pages of art 
and then just made up a story to put on top of them. Yeah. And it was more the same. It was more like we were making jokes about Hawkman and how, oh, I'm lost. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I do remember. That's what the entire issue was. I'm looking at people that seem to know me. He, Maybe I know them. He dreams do about I being know Hawkman them? I have night. a dream. Yes, I have a dream of flying every night. He says that and repeats himself throughout the entire 24 yeah. issues at least four or five times. That's the fucking story. And then it ends in the most anticlimactic way. I'm like, what the fuck did I just read? I was a little aggravated because metal has been so on point. There's not been an issue that I have not disliked. Have and not, this one. Yeah, have not disliked. Have, disli- that you have disliked. There has, there been has one not been an issue that you have disliked. That I have disliked. <laughs> Did I do a double negative by accident? I think, I think so. <laughs> or I got it in my own head. It's whatever. This is the first one. And plain and simply, just because there's no story. Yeah. It, I feel like there was a cool concept. I like the idea of him being on this. this where was he in a where I don't even know where he was at. Where was he at? He, he is. He's trapped in his head the same way Bruce was trapped in his head. Um, this I, is this is him as like this is what is going through the the hulking hawk but, monsters. But where is he in uh, in the dark multiverse? He is at the forge. Okay, see, maybe I just was completely disinterested by the end that I'd even get that. Yeah, because you it's, you only it's only revealed on the final page when you finally see basically the and same. Now that you say that, it makes that sense. Yeah. I feel like they could have done so much more, but it like bat in in Batman lost. We see him trying to break free. We see him trying. We see him being Batman, trying to overcome whatever odds Facing there are. his fears and then being not only confronting his fears, but having his fears like shoved into his face so hard that he is weakened, broken and gives up. And that's how the story ends. It was a personal story. Whereas with this one. Um, he tells us a very brief story and then he like reenacts the story and overcomes his challenge just to find out that the whole thing we just saw actually was his story and he accomplished nothing and it just restarted the yeah. story over again. It was it, it literally it was like somebody gave him Batman lost and was like, hey, can you do this? And he was like, no. And then they yeah. had him do it anyway. It's a bullshit issue. If you're going to, if you want to skip it, you can probably skip it. You don't learn anything. Yeah. There's, so there's far no, with all the tie-ins, you actually learn something. Yeah. You're presented with new information that puts you in the mindset or has you caught up to speed with this particular character before or leading into the next issue. Yeah. Um, but. That's not, about it, right? With this, this issue. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, that was, that was it. It starts out. Hawkman exists. He's still trapped in the mind of the hulking hawk beast, and uh, we'll see if they can get him out of there. And that's like that's all we take away from this. So, uh, I uh, this is absolutely my least favorite issue of all of Metal. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Um, I think it's also the only one that Jeff Lemire wrote. But again, not trying to hate on that guy because I really like some of the other things he's done. It just he's not good with things that he doesn't own. Um, yeah. But uh, that'll that'll do it for this show. Uh, ideally, the next show we will be covering Metal Number Five, The Wild Hunt, and Metal Number Six, which is the end. Um, that'll be, be done. a lot to talk about, but uh, that's that's the goal. So we're gonna we're gonna shoot for that for you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, you've got 
I don't know, an amount of time to finish reading the series if you haven't already read it before we spoil the end for you. So uh, all roads, all roads lead to darkness. Bye. Chat's gonna get you hurt. Oh my god.